1: I think't I don't, I don't do trade or money or fashion I do arts.
2: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 663, I think, of Locked On Raptors for Monday, February the 17th. I am your host, Sean Woodley, RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network. we got a lot of stuff up for you right now. In particular, if you're a hockey fan, our Locked On NHL trade deadline specials are going. You may be familiar with this format from our Locked On NBA season previews. Every single local NHL host checking in over the course of the next couple days on the national show to give a three to five minute primer of what their team is doing ahead of the trade deadline. So if you are transaction addicted, if you like a hockey team, You're going to hear the local host covering each and every team on the network, and perhaps maybe you'll be introduced to a new Locked On local show that you want to then subscribe to, rate, and review. You can do that with all the shows in the network that you want to support. Thank you in advance for doing that. You're a very, very nice person if you take that infinitesimal amount of time to leave a rating or a review. All right, on today's show... We are continuing the conversation that Blake and I had last week on Jose Calderon from the old Patreon vault, the Primo's Pasta and Ross feed that uh, only like 11 people listen to. And so released for public consumption, second part of the conversation. uh, The first one was obviously great. Blake is amazing. He's got uh, an endless amount of knowledge and fun facts and uh, just understanding of everything that's ever happened to the Raptors. So no better person to talk about Jose Calderon with than him. We'll get to the second part of the conversation. Now, tomorrow, Katie, I think, is going to join the show, and we're going to talk about her experience covering All-Star for Raptors.com. That should be a lot of fun. All-Star kicked ass. Kyle Lowry rules. Charges forever. If you don't understand Kyle Lowry or if you don't want to like cheer for defense and someone trying in the All-Star Game after decades of get, trying to get people to care about the All-Star Game, I don't know how to help you. You're lost and I don't really understand what it is you want if you can't appreciate Kyle Lowry because he gives so, so much to appreciate every single time he hits the floor. Uh, so we'll talk more about Kyle. We'll talk about the dunk contest. We'll talk about it all tomorrow with Katie Heindel. But for now, let's get to the conversation myself. Blake Murphy, the endless string of poor point guards that Jose Calderon defeated in his bid to hang on to the Raptors' starting job, and uh, so, so much more. Listen in. It's a lot of fun. we will be back again on Tuesday with another episode of Locked on Raptors with Katie Heindel. Stay tuned. Enjoy the conversation now with myself and Blake.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: Jared Jack also ends up being the following season, maybe the most. Dramatic fatality inflicted by Jose Calderon. So Jack starts the season with the Raptors. He starts the first thirteen games, and then is traded to the Pelicans or the Hornets, whatever the hell they were at that time. And from there on out, for the rest of the season, every game that Jose plays, he starts. Uh, and then this is all the also the Jared Bayless season as well. They get Jared Bayless in that trade for Jared Jack, and I think Peja too. Gross. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Then, so get Jared Peja like I play with Sljukovic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then. What a a weird
0: deal that was! Like so early in the year, yeah, a five-player deal. Um, David Anderson, Australian kid, Rock outbound in that (laughs) deal as well.
2: That's a good trade, like a very good random bad Raptors trade. I'd like to do like a deep dive into that trade tree, actually. Marcus Banks is there too. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a hell of a deal. Um, so (laughs) amazing. The the best was
0: um. So this was. This was DeMar's first season, right?
2: Uh, he second season. was Second, yeah. He was 9 10 was his first year, right?
0: Yeah. He got asked one point last year if someone was the best shooter he'd ever played with. And mm-hmm. he said, no, Peja. And it just, <laughs> like, it's just so, like, it's such an amazing, smart-ass answer because Peja played 22 minutes as a Raptor. Uh, but he did shoot four picks on threes.
2: He is the Raptors' all-time leader in PER and was until Nigel Hayes the all-time leader in three-point percentage. And now Nigel Hazel yeah. will forever be that player, unless he comes back at some point for a second turn. Um, but who's to say he'll miss shots when he comes back then, in, in his the second time sure. around anyway? Um, so that trade brings in Jared Bayless, There's not really a competition there that season. He only starts games that Calderon misses that season and is very bad. He's a negative 5.7 net rating when he's on the court. He actually ends up with the best true shooting percentage of any of the three-point guards that season at 53.6 which makes me want to cry. Um, And, you know, he's Jared Bayless. Do do you have any thoughts, musings about Jared Bayless' time with the Raptors? He was not particularly good.
0: No. uh, And the fact that he's been like a mini Raptor killer in his time sense is just annoying. Like, you know how I said earlier, like with Jack and Calderon, their guys were like, Oh, if this is your backup point guard, you're in great shape. If he's your starter, you're probably in trouble. I feel the same way about Bayless, except that if he's your backup, maybe you want to replace him. And if he's your (laughs) third string point guard, awesome. And that underrates him because he's had like a pretty solid career. I just like, He's never a guy that I've been like, okay, I have faith in this guy at all. Um, The one other thing that comes up this year that I forgot to mention when we were talking about why they would continually bring in um, guys to to play alongside or push Calderon. This is the third straight year Calderon misses 14 games.
2: Yeah, that's true.
0: So, you know, maybe a little bit of a concern there with the durability. But no, Bayless does not have a, a particularly good Toronto Raptors career you know i think i think at the end of that year i probably would have preferred sunday out of gains to be getting those minutes oh my um, god yeah <laughs> that was just i don't know he, like i i know you mentioned his true shooting percentage was fine and like the next year he actually shoots the hell out of the three ball too yeah yeah um but man it's jared bayless
2: <laughs> oh, man.
0: that guy's still only 30 years old somehow
2: that's a fucking lie no, I he's guess he, well, 30 he was. Thirty years old. He was he a high school guy? No, he couldn't no. have been. No, he's too late.
0: Right. He went to Arizona.
2: Oh, that's right. Okay, still thirty years. That seems crazy. Okay, well, good on yeah. you, Jared Bayless, for having so much life in front of you. Um, also,
0: he's thirty years old and has played a total of forty-two games over the last three seasons. That's like, the Marcus Banks. I, I,
2: like career yeah. trajectory, right there.
0: <laughs> I don't want to be too mean about it because, like, obviously injuries have, have sapped this guy uh, of a lot, and, yeah. and then you know a bad contract has seen him bounce around a bit. And Philly kind of just keep him in case they need him for a trade, which they they ended up needing. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, this is a weird career. Yeah, for Jared Bayless,
2: no doubt. Uh, let's get to like
0: twenty-two. When the Raptors got him. I'm surprised we didn't talk ourselves into Jared Bayless more.
2: That is, in hindsight, surprising. Uh, he would have been among the more exciting, potential-filled young dudes the Raptors had ever picked up. So, yeah. That yes, is surprising. But at that
0: time, when you have young guys like Ed Davis, DeMar DeRozan, and Amir Johnson, you've got the youngest Sonny Weems.
2: Yeah. He just didn't... Uh, imagine Jared Bayless as a young gun. <laughs>
0: yeah. Also, Also, a little surprising about that year and the young guns in general, they had James Johnson for a chunk of that year, and James Johnson was only 23 at the time. I feel like now, he would have been a really good fit with the young guns.
2: Yeah. That 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 like as like current James Johnson would have been really good back then, is what you're saying?
0: Yeah, like yeah. like even at the end of his last tenure in Toronto, like he was the guy he was basically like the dad to all the young guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um he would like like at the end of practice sessions, it would be him working out with the five young guys or like him quietly buying the guys a suit or like I don't know. He just did a lot of nice stuff for the young guys and was really quietly Um, like, a good leader outside of the underutilized tweet. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So it's just kind of weird. I don't know. I feel like he's uh, spiritually, he didn't miss that Damar, Ed Davis, Amir, Sonny Weems, everyone likes these guys uh, boat by much.
2: Yeah, that's fair. There's only so much room in that boat, you know. It's a a banana-shaped boat. Uh, Sad banana. It's a little moldy, but, you know, it's a boat with that shape. Uh, So – I guess we go to Kyle Lowry now, who is the last in the long line of Jose Calderon opponents, and is eventually the guy who gets vanquished. Although before Calderon gets traded, he kind of steals the starting job from Kyle Lowry again.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, and maybe that maybe that necessitated the trade, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. Do you do you like recall? You wrote in your piece this actually. Your piece was in response to. Uh, the Rocky Balboa piece was in response to the Lowry trade, and you were kind of talking Kyle, Kyle Lowry up, and you were a big fan of him and everything. Uh, I think you, they, you referred to him as a top ten to twelve point guard, which uh, I didn't realize that was a sentiment at the time. But that uh, going no, back, no, I
0: was I was super high on Lowry okay. when they when they landed him. Like I thought that trade was like a no brainer, um, even though he didn't have like he didn't have a very good year that first year. Yeah, because um, he didn't shoot well inside the line inside the arc at all, but. Um, I, yeah, I was very high on that trade and I don't know, I'm glad that one turned out because the first season it was like, oh, maybe I was wrong about this. Maybe maybe (laughs) Jose Calderon would have beat him out for the job.
2: You ended up being extremely correct in that one, so that's, that's a good one to be right about. Uh,
0: like, yeah, it's weird. I, I almost completely forgot that Lowry was just like, not very good that year.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: he was like, not terrible, but like, it's by far his worst season as a Raptor and like... Mm. Actually, 2014. His first All Star season wasn't that great either. Like by advanced metrics, which is kind of weird.
2: 14, 15.
0: Yeah, I guess he had he broke down kind of late, but
2: yeah, he was really good for that stretch when Demar was out, and then yeah, he and then yeah, it wore on Everything him, yeah. broke down from there. Uh, but yeah,
0: that first season, he wasn't. Uh, you know, he wasn't quite Kyle Lowry yet.
2: No. Certainly not, and he lost his starting job four games into the season to Jose, and they kind of like went back and forth with it for most of the season uh, until I guess about the twenty-five game mark Calderon takes it and it kind of runs with it until the trade happens. Were, were you? What was your reaction to the Calderon trade? Because you wrote about in in your Rocky Balboa piece about how like yeah he's an expiring deal and if you trade him like that's good if you can improve the team and if you can get talent in, in the process that's good. When the talent was Rudy Gay. How did you feel about Jose being the price for Rudy Gay? In addition to some other stuff, like including Ed Davis, but um, with Jose sort of being the big name, long-term Raptor going out, what was your reaction to that?
0: Yeah, that was a tough one. Like like getting Rudy Gay and Hamad Haddadi, obviously. Um, <laughs> Hubei, I think they then attached a second-round pick to for Sebastian Telfair. It's like, why?
2: Telfair would have got destroyed by Jose. Good God.
0: Oh, it would have been a bloodbath, yeah. <laughs> but like, you pick up this guy as a throw-in, and then instead of just like eating the sun cost, you attach a pick to him for Sebastian Telfair. Come on,
2: it's, uh, ridiculous. Calangelo was not long for this world at that point. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. Now, look, I, I was I was very sad to lose Jose Calderon and Ed Davis. I think right before this year, we had had there was that deal that fell through where the Raptors would have gotten Tyson Chandler as part of a Jose Calderon deal, right? Am I remembering that right?
2: I think you're right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so I think we had all kind of like, you know, that was a rumor for like a heavy rumor for a bit. So I think we'd all kind of like at least accepted a little bit the fact that it was a possibility. Um, and you know, Rudy Gay was a guy that I don't know if I was. I, I don't. I'd have to go back and look at my reaction to Rudy Gay side of the trade. But I liked Jose and Ed Davis uh, obviously. Uh, but I think the combination of me being pretty high on Lowry and Calderon being in the last year of his deal, mm-hmm. um, I remember being like fairly okay with it. Like, oh, this sucks to lose those guys, but like, it's not a bad trade. Yeah, I have to go back and read what my reaction to it was exactly though.
2: Yeah, it's weird because that trade was kind of what reignited my interest in the team like I was at school in Ottawa where no one gives a damn about basketball none of my friends ever wanted to watch and I they were so bad it was the post-Bosch era and it was just so depressing and it seemed like there was no way out of it and this was you know deep in the heart of like Wiggins watch we were a year out but we knew Wiggins was coming and I was like you know what I I don't really care We'll, we'll see what happens at 18 months from now in the draft but like I can't be bothered right now to care about this team and then I remember sitting in Oliver's Pub in Ottawa, and the trade came down, and I was like, Rudy Gay, huh? I I I think he's good. He seems he seems he's a guy that I wanted them to take instead of Barnyani back in 6 Like I, I'm down with this trade. I'm going to watch the Raptors now. And then like he was terribly inefficient, but it was also kind of part of some nice wins. I remember they beat the Pacers in a game when the Pacers were really good with Paul George and Lance Stevenson and Roy Hibbert. Um, and I was like, all right, I'm back in on the Raptors. And then obviously the start of the next season was bad, and then I start to like. Become more of an educated basketball fan and learn all the reasons why Rudy Gay actually kind of sucks. And it, it was, but still, it, that trade kind of reunited my fandom. So, in an odd way, I was like kind of happy and excited by Calderon's departure, which in hindsight makes me kind of sad because that's not something to be thrilled about. Um, but I guess it was time, and these things come for everybody. You named your dog Jose. Yeah. Oh, right on. <laughs> that's uh. Yeah, I had a I had a pug chihuahua. That I
0: got, I think, in two thousand and
2: uh-huh.
0: uh, and I named him Jose Yeah. Um unfortunately, I lost that point guard battle in a breakup and, and Jose went elsewhere. So um,
2: you know. Well as as I the... Um, uh... Yeah, I just
0: I brought up my reaction to the Rudy Gay trade uh-huh. and it's uh it's pretty much just what I said. Like I'm very I in the piece I'm it's clear I'm very sad about the Jose Calderon <laughs> thing. Um also a wrinkle that I had completely forgotten about is that the board had just extended Colangelo's contract right before that. Right. Uh, so that kind of empowered that move, I guess. And obviously, it was only you know what another year that he he'd last after that. It was the following off um,
2: season, I believe. It was like yeah. six months.
0: And then um, you know there was the Lowry Gay friendship element, and I don't know.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's a. Uh... <sighs> Did you have any uh, Jose Calderon memorabilia? Do you have a bobblehead? Do you have jerseys?
0: Memorabilia? Yeah. Um, I had I had a Jose Calderon bobblehead that's broken, and I threw out at some point because it was very broken. <laughs> and then I had, you know the year that they did exhibition games in Europe? Yeah. I had a Jose Calderon jersey with a like, Spanish red and yellow down the sides. Oh, that's a good um, one. The reason being that right around that time, uh, so my mom didn't know her dad for most of her life, mm-hmm. and right around that time, she found him, and we found out that he is Spanish, like like lived in Spain his whole life Spanish. Um, so it was a nice little connection of, oh, I just found out I'm a quarter Spanish, and also they have these cool Jose Calderon jerseys that look ugly as hell, but <laughs> are different than what other teams have.
2: They are better than the and that was it. Italy ones, I'll say that. And better than anything with camo that they've ever done. So, yeah. there's that.
0: Yeah, we did the big jersey ranking the other year.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was one of the few people who did not appreciate the purple dinosaur jerseys. I yes. just, that, they're not my thing. Anyway.
0: By the uh, way, the new, the second OVO City jersey debuts on Friday.
2: Yeah. This is not tied to Jose Calderon at all, but what are your thoughts on that jersey? It's fine. Yeah, I'm very uninspired. I want purple yeah. back in my life. I really do. Like I
0: like I like minimalist jerseys just fine. Yeah. Um, and I think it's clean and it's kind of sharp. And I think like in terms of wearability, like the a white and gold or black and gold pattern is is like pretty fine. But the yeah. bar's been set so high with how cool some of these jerseys are that it's just like they're way behind. But next year will be way better.
2: Yeah, I, the 25th anniversary. I'm assuming they'll do something pretty cool. And oh
0: they've got some things and next year every two years you're allowed to change your alternate too so there could be mm. two new jerseys next year okay um could be a new floor i don't know i don't know i don't know Sean.
2: it sounds like you know but we'll leave that for another day we'll make that a super premium podcast where no one can <laughs> listen to it <laughs> uh they're doing like the, the second court for the ovo nights again right
0: i believe so yeah okay, that card that's that's that court is very sharp
2: yeah it's extremely good um
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: Jose Calderon. Let's get back to him for a little bit. We've kind of gone through the uh, collection of dudes that he beat out among current well, NBA we've point. We've gone guards.
0: through the collection of Raptors that he's
2: beat out. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. So I guess yeah. His since then, who are the? What's the even? I haven't even thought about the list of guys since he left the Raptors. This wasn't even on my okay on my radar.
0: So I've got it in front of me.
2: Okay. Um,
0: uh, what did I just do? Okay, so he goes to Detroit. Yep. And he starts every game he plays there. Yep.
2: Uh, Brandon Knight is there for a little bit, which is kind of weird. The guy that I really, uh, but, really wanted the Raptors to take instead of Jonas.
0: Yeah, but Calderon starts alongside him. <laughs> right. Um, so it's kind of a, a dual thing. But, yeah, I guess Rodney Stuckey is the guy that kind of gets bumped out by Calderon.
2: Right. Not shocking, uh, he, really.
0: He goes to Dallas the following year. And starts eighty one games. Yeah, which is uh, which is crazy. Um, really, no competition there unless you consider Devin Harris a point guard. JJ, uh, otherwise it was like a rookie Shane Larkin and Gal McCall.
2: Oh my god, that that that's a that's a name that I did not even have in my brain at all. So thank you for adding that to my brain. <laughs>
0: um, next year he's in Dallas. Yes, and he starts all, every game that he plays there. Um, But he only plays half a season.
2: You mean the Knicks? Um, he's on the Knicks.
0: So yes,
2: sorry. Yeah, that's okay.
0: Yeah. And then that gets spread around, like, like Larkin and Shumpert and Hardaway and Galloway all get some starts once he goes down.
2: There's that's no, that like, insanely clear... bad Knicks team, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's a terrible team. As
0: they all were. <laughs> um, Next year, still with the Knicks, what does he start? He starts all 72 games he plays. And again, like Galloway, Jerry, and Grant are the guys he's beating out here. Jimmer, <laughs> Jimmer's on that team for a bit.
2: Oh man! Uh, then it
0: gets more fun because he like then he goes. He ends up he splits that season with the Lakers and Hawks, and yeah. ends up starting for both of those teams at some point. <laughs> so like D'Angelo Russell and Jordan Clarkson get elbowed out. Yeah. And then I don't even know who's on that. That's a that's it's the Jeff Hawks Teague. team in transition.
2: That's a Teague team for sure, 2016 17.
0: Yeah, uh, no, Teague's not on that team.
2: 2016 17?
0: Yeah, he's already gone.
2: I thought he was only been. I thought, what? he's been, No, he's been on the Wolves for two that's... years. No,
0: this is. Yeah, this is 2016 17. Where did he go? He, he must have done somewhere a year between. That. That's. What?
2: Oh, now yeah. I'm confused about Jeff Teague's career. This podcast yeah. is off the rails. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: off the rails. Right. Um, also, Ed Tavares on that team. He went to Indiana for a T.
2: Oh, that's right.
0: Yeah. Um, so it was like, uh, I guess, it, again, they, like he's, Calderon started alongside Dennis Schroeder a lot of those games.
2: Okay, yeah. So, um, no, oh, he no, only started gotta, twice. Yeah, but be, still.
0: Dennis, this is annoying. Dennis Schroeder the only guy to have survived the Jose Calderon thing? <laughs> Come on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, and he goes to Cleveland last year Starts 32 games
0: Including that one where he dropped like 18 on the Raptors In a hurry
2: Hell yeah I actually I relish that I've gotten to the point where I'm just here for former Raptors Owning the Raptors in games Because the Raptors are so yeah, good awesome. that it almost doesn't matter Like I was Like I don't even care I was happy Dwayne Casey and Jose Calderon Figured so heavily in that win last week I don't even care That's cool It's cool as hell there's yeah. a dumb loss. I will boss, say this but... about
0: the Detroit Pistons: mm-hmm. Jose Calderon will start a game by the end of this year.
2: Oh, he's up against Reggie Jackson and Ish Smith. Of course, he will.
0: Yeah,
2: I can't even. I, I can't fathom a world in which he doesn't. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: and it's Dwayne Casey. Like, if, if there was any, if you needed any extra evidence that Calderon was going to start at some point, <laughs> it's Dwayne Casey
2: for sure. Um, if he were to be jettisoned to some other team in the league. What NBA point guards right now would be the most ripe to be consumed by Jose Calderon? And like this is like kind of a well, yeah, that's that's an obvious one because he's just better than him probably right now, <laughs> which is depressing. It's it, it honestly shocks me that Augustine wasn't one of the guys that Calderon beat out for a job. I'm surprised Augustine was a couple years later. He feels like a guy that Calderon beat out for a job. Um, I'm just looking around the league. It's kind of got to be like a certain level of point guard, right? Where he's good, but you could probably improve upon him, or there's some issues there. Like, honestly, I feel like at some point he would start over both Darren Collison and Corey Joseph. I love Corey Joseph, but I feel like he'd probably get yeah. it for the Pacers.
0: <laughs> I think the tough part there would be that because there's two of them.
2: Yeah, that's true.
0: They would just trade it between themselves.
2: Yeah. I don't they know are if the they'd new... bring
0: both of them off the bench.
2: Collison and and Joseph are the new Calderon and Ford.
0: Yeah, Yeah, definitely.
2: For sure. Um, In terms of... I'm
0: trying to think who else. Like, he just got hurt, but, like, I could have seen him getting a start over Alfred Payton.
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah. This might be the best guy he could maybe get a start over, but it feels like sometimes his relationship with this team is a little rocky. Obviously, they're very good this year, but Eric Bledsoe feels like a dude Jose would punk. Yeah, maybe. Just for, not like a not like a long stretch, just like a five-game stretch to kind of... But they
0: already start Brogdon, too, a lot of the time, right?
2: Yeah, so that you can get away so with having that defense next wing. to him. I don't know. Yeah. That's possible. Uh, John Wall, definitely. Um...
0: Yeah, you start over John Wall. Kyrie Irving. <laughs>
2: uh... <laughs> it pains me to say oh, this, but... He,
0: he would be the best point guard on the Bulls by an order of magnitude right now.
2: Oh, my God. Campaign, dude.
0: They started campaign and Ryan Archidiakono in the same game.
2: Honestly, the fact that their, like, backup point guards are demonstrably worse than Lorenzo Brown. And I love Lorenzo Brown, but, like, that is an indictment, I think. I I don't know, would you say Ryan
0: Archidiakono looks and plays like someone tried to draw Kirk Heinrich from memory. (laughs)
2: Uh, This one pains me to say a little bit because of our... Uh, country of origin, but I feel like Mike Malone would start him over Jamal Murray to send a message for a little bit. Like, come on, nah. Jamal. Like, you gotta. you gotta. He's already benched Jamal for Monte Morris at some point yeah, this year. Yeah, but
0: that's because Monte Morris is awesome. Yeah. I, that was also because Jamal Murray was, like, late to shoot around or something like
2: that. Yeah, well, you know. I, I'm just saying it could happen. He might yeah, start if for Jamal the Spurs. Jamal Murray keeps
0: shooting sub 30% on threes, maybe.
2: <laughs> yeah. He might start for the Spurs. Yeah. Oh, a, yes. a Jose Rosen Gay Peralta lineup with whoever you want. Just play the four players. I don't care. That that's a lineup I need to see at some point. That'd be a treat. Yeah. Um.
0: I I wonder does Jose last the year on Detroit or do they flip him in some like some weird very Colangelo like Austin Day Fernando DiColo kind of deal. <laughs>
2: Uh, that's a good question Um, do you have like a favorite Jose Calderon memory I know you have talked about you had season tickets during a lot of this time of the team um, before you really I only had season
0: tickets for one year actually
2: oh really okay this was the Will Solomon year the the
0: lockout Shorten year oh okay well never mind
2: then but Uh,
0: I do have a favorite Jose Calderon memory though what is it so he was back the other year I want to say it was while he was with the Lakers okay uh let me double check that they were actually here while he was still with the Lakers. <laughs> yes. They were here in December. Okay. Uh, the Raptors stomped them by 33. <laughs> um, but he was in the locker room, and someone, I can't remember if it was a reporter or like an equipment guy or whatever, but someone was like reminiscing with him about his uh, free throw shooting streak mm-hmm. and got the number wrong. Okay. And Jose Calderon was like, no, no. It was whatever the number was. And so Calderon knew the exact number and knew that he had gone 151 for 154, Mm -hmm. which on its face is like very funny to me because Jose Calderon is such a humble guy and such a nice guy. The fact that he knows he had his stat memorized was really funny, (laughs) Um, but then the guy disagreed and jose was like adamant that he was right um so i looked it up while i was standing there and and jose was absolutely right it's just such a funny thing where like jose is the sweetest guy and the most humble but don't don't fuck with his free throw record man (laughs) get those numbers right he was 151 for 154 98.1 percent at the line
2: that must have been so embarrassing for Waz.
0: It wasn't was. I forget who it was. It was not someone that I, like, know or, uh-huh. like, interact with regularly. Okay.
2: Well, I'm glad you at least played the uh, the mediator in their, in their little tiff. I yes, I, I
0: fired it up real quick. <laughs> but, yeah, Jose Calderon knows this exact right. It was just such a funny, like, and he was so nice about it while he was, like, arguing with the guy. He's just like, nah, this is it, man. I'm the greatest free throw shooter of all time. Trust me.
2: He is. Uh, I think that is canon at this point. Uh, a couple yeah. listener questions came in. First one from Katie Heindel. What were some of the other jobs Jose had? I'm assuming this is before being in the NBA, and how do they compare with his current job? I don't know. Yeah, how this is a, this? Katie. This is a strange question. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. This is a weird one. I don't think Katie's a subscriber, so she won't hear pig, it. But pig
0: farmer, obviously.
2: Yeah, pig farmer for sure. Um, I feel.
0: Oh, like by the... the way, I have one other favorite Jose memory. Yeah. Uh, there was a commercial, like, advertising, uh, Jose Calder on bobblehead day, and he was, like, really offended, and the commercial is just him looking at the bobblehead and being like, is this supposed to look like me? <laughs> he's just, like, super mad that the, that it doesn't look like him at all. <laughs>
2: <laughs> was it the same bobblehead you had?
0: Yeah, I would imagine so. I can't, I can't, I can't imagine there were multiple Jose Calder on bobbleheads.
2: <laughs> just different renditions. One where yeah. he's dressed as a ham farmer. Um, a pig farmer, not a ham farmer.
0: <laughs> it's the same thing, right?
2: I guess. I mean, there's I other guess, stuff. I guess
0: that'd be like calling yourself a milk farmer instead of a cow farmer.
2: <laughs> uh, from Assad, if Jose Calderon joined the Wizards, how long would it take him for, for him to become their starting point guard?
0: Uh, we already covered this, uh, like, 30 seconds. <laughs> Like he'd get into practice and he'd just like say hi, how are you to someone, and the wizards would be like, "What?
2: <laughs> Who the fuck is this pleasant asshole?" <laughs> yeah. uh, the wizards
0: coming back in that game last night oh made me God. really mad.
2: I honestly, I kind of like it because it's their classic. Hey, we're they're, they're one more win away from being like, see, we're threats in the east again, and and three more games away from being a disaster and having more leaks. I love. I, I'm kind of honestly, any win that prolongs this process makes me happy because I want them around to give us content for as long as possible because we're gonna miss it when it's gone.
0: Yeah, I just don't want them to at any point get good again.
2: Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. They seem to hate each other too. Too like they're they're poison beyond repair. I think.
0: Uh, by the way, Scott Brooks is a uh, one to one to get fired this season now.
2: Wow. Scott Brooks currently is the Jose Calderon of job security. <laughs> just, uh, it's, I guess Ernie Grunfeld would that, be that. but
0: Yeah, that, that yeah. entire thing is just a, a house of cards where when someone wakes Ted Leonsis up from his post-Capitals uh, hangover. <laughs> yeah, what a mess.
2: Oh, it's the best. I love it so much. Uh, last one here from Joe Wolfond. How would you rank all the point guards Calderon supplanted fended off?
0: Okay, well, Kyle Lowry's obviously number one, and yes. since that happened for, like, half a season or so.
2: Yeah, we'll keep this to um, the Ra- to the Raptors-centric ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: let me, sorry, I just, I, I closed the list. Let me find it again. You can go ahead. But...
2: Yeah, I, I think it's it's uh, it's Lowry one, I would say. Honestly, based on the numbers, probably Jarrett Jack, too. Yeah, which probably. Which is a little gross, but it's where we are.
0: Yeah, I mean, Jack had, like... Like, a 13-year career.
2: Yeah, he was such a classic, just a classic starting point guard before starting point guards became, like, offensive juggernauts and fulcrums, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Like, the 11, 2, and 5 is, like, a classic aughts point guard line, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess then
0: the, the the toughest part of this, like, I think we could slide Will Solomon and Roko Ukic down at the very bottom. Yes, Uh, Then the question becomes, like, TJ Ford, Jared Bayless, Mike James, it's like, okay, well, Jared Bayless was maybe the best of those guys, like, for an extended window, but Mike James had the highest peak, or, or, like, the the highest best season, and then TJ Ford was probably, like, the best before Al Horford just clubbed him to death.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I would say probably it goes Ford, Bayless, James... Uh, that's no. tough for Mike James. Yeah. Mike, like
0: Mike James had yeah. the best season of any of these guys he like did. up against Calderon. I
2: would say it goes for James Bayless, then.
0: I think that's probably fair. Yeah. James Pierre Bayless is like basically out of the league at twenty eight, even though he's still in the league. Yeah.
2: <laughs> James, like he he oversaw like, losing streaks of like ten and nine games over the course of like a month as the go-to guy in like... I March. respect it, man. Oh, I do too. Putting up those
0: kind of yeah. numbers in that situation and getting your money.
2: Yeah, I entirely respect it. I I I, want to, I, I wonder, we talked about this with Joe too when we did the Mike James pod, but like, I feel like there's probably a little bit of like respect amongst the players on the team as well for that. Like, go get your money, dude. Yeah. Like, it's less work for us if you're going to pull all these shots. He also,
0: weirdly, he has a ring. With who? Detroit, you know, 304. Oh, that's
2: right. Yeah. Yeah. He's
0: had a a career, man. He signed at, like, what was it, like a four-year, like $25 million deal or something like that after after his Toronto time, so.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then he washed out of Minnesota quite quick, and then, again, ended up on the Crittenton Arena's Wizards, which is an all-time fucking ridiculous team. The fact that Mike James is just on it. Like, reading that roster, like the 08-09 Wizards, it is just like an experience you gotta you gotta, just like have some shrooms and read that <laughs> yeah it's quite amazing man Andre Blatch
0: was uh, the real deal you know
2: yeah again I have maintained this there's no one who's more upset with the fact that JaVale McGee and Nick Young both won rings last year than Eddie Jordan <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he is, yeah. Uh... well
0: this is the thing is Eddie Jordan had to deal with them as like first and second options not like 13th and 14th
2: options <laughs> that's, that's very true um, I think we've covered Jose pretty extensively here this yeah, has been I great so. Blake. thank you for coming on the podcast man this was delightful uh, yeah
0: thanks for having me man I appreciate
2: it do you have anything that uh, the people should be checking out right now
0: uh, no just my regular stuff at The Athletic
2: okay yeah The Athletic you yeah. wrote about the three point percentage yesterday that was very good yeah
0: how eventually it's going to come up even if it doesn't feel like it
2: yep it's, uh, it's very strange even if they shooting right
0: three of 14 on wide open threes
2: Mm-hmm. yeah God, so weird. They'll figure it out, I'm sure. It'll figure itself out. Kawhi's not gonna shoot thirty four percent from three all year, I don't think. Maybe. look if you're
0: creating fourteen wide open threes in a game, you're doing just fine yeah. in terms of process. And yeah. you have a lot of guys who are at least capable shooters. It'll it'll come up.
2: And honestly, I'm not And
0: if not you can you can flip like Delon for Jose Calderon.
2: Yeah. <laughs> And then Jose can take Kyle's job as Kyle's struggles continue, and yes, it'll we be complete, complete full the circle. circle. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I wouldn't hate that. I've already like I love CJ Miles and all, but if you could pack at CJ Miles and Malachi Richardson for Terrence Ross today, I would do it. I'm all I'm all for that right now. I know he was two of ten Terrence, last night. Terrence
0: didn't have his great night. A great didn't have a great night last night.
2: No, it was uh, he was trying to help out his old team. You know, he's uh, I I appreciate it. He's a man who shares the wealth. He has so much of it to spread. (laughs) Clearly. All right, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in to Primo's Pasta and Ross.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.